Wall Street Underground, Pierre Owl Saint Omar. Last Saturday, I predicted when the market opened on Monday, November 1st, we will have a bloody mess in our hand. Yes, we did. It wasn't exactly a Black Monday, but at one point the market was down by more than 2%. Managed to recoup some of the losses in late trading, but still close on a downbeat. It all has to do with one thing, actually, three things. The ongoing spat between United States and China, as far as trading is as far as trade is concerned, the Federal Reserve held bent on raising interest rate, and the coming election in November. These three things are weighing very heavily on the market. As longer there's not a resolution, the volatility will continue. This morning, the president tweeted that progress is being made on trade with China and hopefully when the president meet China, Z in Argentina sometime this month, they will make some time for themselves to come up with a resolution on the trade front. And the market interpreted that as very positive and futures at one point was up by more than 2%. All that evaporated, all the law, the gain evaporated after the unemployment report for the month of October come out. It was very positive. Wall Street was expecting 200,000 jobs to be created. However, the economy created 250,000 jobs, 50,000 more than expected. When the market first opened, it was very positive, and somehow, 30 minutes after the open, the bear came out swinging. Why? Well, I think there are three things that is pulling the market down today. In my humble opinion, when I look across, I see number one, Apple. The company reported their numbers yesterday or the day before, Although the numbers were positive, but the guidance and the forecast that the company gave was not as good as expected. So that is weighing heavily on the market, especially the NASDAQ. And the market as of now is in negative territory. And uh, number two, although the president tweeted overnight about progress on trade with China, but some of the administration people that work for Donald Trump came out and said, unless China do this or that, there won't be any trade deal. The market interpreted that as very confusing. Boom, 150 points down on the Dow. But the numbers that came out in the unemployment report suggested that wages is increasing. With increase in wage come inflation. With inflation, the only way to contain it is by raising interest rate. The Fed has been making it very clear that they intend on raising interest rate this coming December and also forecasted for 2019 to raise rates three or four times. Also, because of inflation, Treasury yields also jumped after the Labor Department reported Friday that the economy is adding jobs at a brisk pace, 
with wages increasing at the fastest pace since April 2009. The unemployment rate remained low as the U as the United States is adding more jobs than expected. So fasten your belt. Volatility is back. There's a way to trade this market. You can choose to go long, go short, or go neutral. Remember, sometimes the best trade is not to trade at all. Pierre St. Thomas, Wall Street Underground. Happy trading. Wall Street Underground, Pierre Owl, St. Thomas. Okay, this is my post-market analysis. Uh, this week, there was tremendous volatility in the stock market. Like last Monday, the indices were under intense pressure. Uh, uh, the Dow, the NASDAQ, the S&P, all were in the red. However, what the question to ask is what contributed to this bear sentiment? Trading was complicated by a number of things, such as China trade war. The president today expressed uh, uh, optimism that a deal might come and some, uh, how President Xi and President Donald Trump going to sit down, have uh, some tea and uh, singing Kumbaya and everything is fine. Up until Larry Kudlow, chief economic advisor for the president, came out and completely contradicted the president. Market, boom, take a nose dive down and never recover. And we close in the red for the week, for, 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 well, I should say we are in November, but we close in the red because of the message coming from the White House. It seems like there is no uh, communication between top and bottom. Everyone is, is, is on their own to communicate what the policy is. Market does not like confusion. Stability, that's what makes the market work. Now, don't get me wrong. If you're a trader, where well, market goes up, market go down, stable, it don't matter. If you position yourself, you can still make money. But the average investor out there, they prefer stability in the market. Also, Apple down 7%, pre-market 7% for the trading for the day. As of now, the stock is below its market cap of $1 trillion. So long for that $1 trillion market cap. One thing positive that I can say happened today, though, was... Uh, Despite the volatility, the wild swing we experienced in the market today, uh, uh, there was no correlation between the stock market, the bond market, and currency trading. Uh, somehow, uh, the other uh, uh, sectors were much more stable. Uh, but uh, overall, I expect the, vol the volatility that we're experiencing right now to stay with us. Why? There are, when you look ahead, you have an election coming up this coming Tuesday. So this coming Monday, I expect the market to kind of trade sideways as uh, uh, more 
numbers will be coming forward as to who might control Congress. That will have a negative or positive impact on the market. I don't do politics, but I put it through this way. A divided government, if we got a divided Congress, that will be positive for the market. Why? Very simple. The Democrats definitely want to spend money on infrastructure. And the Republican is going to want to push for uh, a, a, a tax cut for the middle class. So when these two uh, chambers would come together, somehow if they find a compromise, that would be positive for the market. But either way, the election uh, on Tuesday plus uh, uh, trade uh, negotiation going on with China, that is still so uncertain. And the Fed still hell-bent on raising interest rate. Um, as I always said, We're going to have to keep fastening our seatbelt, enjoy the ride, have a great weekend, everybody. See you Monday. Happy trading. Street Underground, Pierre Arroyo, Saint Thomas. Today is Thursday, November 22nd. Peter Navarro, the controversial White House trade policy advisor and a famous China hawk, will not be on the guest list when United States and China sit down to work on their differences about trade when they meet at the G20 summit on December 1st. Why was Mr. Navarro excluded? Who is Peter Navarro? What does he want? My friend, you came here for the truth. Let me set you free. Navarro is an outspoken anti-China voice. He is the author of a book called Death by China. Uh, Two weeks ago, he accused Wall Street as a bunch of billionaire globalists acting on behalf of the Chinese government for their own interests instead of being on the side of the United States. Navarro believes that the Chinese government has a strong influence on Wall Street. As he always said, those globalist billionaires are putting the full court press on the White House in advance of the meeting down in Argentina for the G20, which is going to happen, I think, that December 1st. Uh, he said the mission of these unregistered hedge fund managers, traders, and bankers is to force United States into some trade deal that is not favorable to the U.S., and for that, they need to shut up or put up. Those are the words of Mr. Navarro. But a few days later, uh, Larry Kudlow, the chief economic advisor to the president, dismissed uh, Mr. Navarro's statement uh, as way off base. Uh, he, he believed that Mr. Navarro actually did uh, the president a great disservice. The White House is divided into two camps moderates and the hardliners. Peter Navarro, Robert Lighthizer, these guys, they are seeking maximum uh, concession from China versus 
uh, pragmatists like Cudlow and uh, the Secretary of uh, Treasury, Steve Mnuchin, uh, they are more willing to seek a compromise. And that will make it more difficult when the president and, and China are uh, trying to reach a deal. Navarro used to be a business school professor. Uh, he's a former Peace Corps member, a former Democrat. Uh, but he is among the most important general in the trade war between the United States and China. He is the director of the Office of Trade and Manufacturing Policy. Th this is a guy who reads labels on everything he buys. Uh, he once said people need to be mindful of the high cost of low prices. <laughs> I mean, the guy is unbelievable. Uh, telling people that that cheap uh, flip-flop that you 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 bought, uh, you know, at your local Walmart, uh, this purchase is supporting authoritarian state, and that that uh, cheap uh, washing machine might be mortgaging America's uh, America's uh, futures. But this wariness of foreign products is not just Peter Navarro's view. Come to think about it, it is now the United States policy. For the first time, we, we can say that uh, the White House um, is, uh, has a mandate. They, they, they want to make China play by the rules and, and also to, to try to stop the, the rise of the dragon. Navarro is the most important person in Washington in regards to trade. Yeah, he holds no formal role in trade negotiation. Uh, he controls no policy. He's not even a cabinet member. But he has the president's ears. Navarro and the president has a lot in common. Both of them believe that China has been ripping United States off. And they think that their aggressive trade policies that they have in place now will force China to comply, will slow China's rise uh, in the world, will slow him down. Um, I beg to differ. Navarro and the president view of the world is that the United States is not starting a trade war so much as it is uh, joining one. Um, they feel that they are engaged in an e economic war that they've had against, that these countries have had against the United States for the past 25, 30 years. So, Navarro's role in the White House is to take the president's views on trade and turn them uh, into reality. And um, he, he's, he doesn't care if he make enemies or allies. It doesn't matter. He's a fighter. He's a warrior. And he is um, committed to make sure that the president's policies in regard to trade are implemented. Uh, Peter Navarro got his doctorate in economics from Harvard University, uh, and later on he went to teach at uh, uh, Southern uh, California um, University. Uh, before landing a job in the White House, Peter Navarro ran for office uh, 
number of times. Uh, he ran for mayor, city council member, county supervisor, U.S. representative. representative. Uh, he ran for office, uh, but he always, always lost. Yes, he always lost, but he won a reputation for <laughs> being the cruelest and meanest son of a bitch that ever ran for office in California. Uh, and uh, in one of his campaign during a debate, he once made uh, his opponent cried right on stage and he laughed. He said, crocodile tears and who cares? Rumor has it that Peter Navarro doesn't have that many friends in Washington. Yet, it paved his way into the administration where he, now he has the president's ears even with his most outlandish positions. He want, P Peter once blamed a gay hairdresser that cost him an election in San Diego, California uh, for putting too much makeup on him, making him look feminine. Uh, despite Mr. Navarro's extreme views on trade and economics, uh, even his uh, critics uh, agree that where he stand on uh, some of his approach to China is right, uh, especially China being a member of the WTO, they don't play by the rules, uh, they don't care about environmental uh, uh, degradation, uh, no labor standard, uh, child labor in China, nobody cares, and, and the way China break the rules make China goods uh, very cheap and it's hard to compete. Although a lot of economists may, may, may have may be in agreement with Mr. Navarro, uh, but they all agree there's simply no way to bring back jobs from China. Uh, the supply chain are far too complicated. Uh, like, for, for example, when you buy something that says made in America, but parts of that product was made in Brazil, in Bangladesh, in, in China, um, you can't, it's like a scramble egg, uh, an omelet. You can't unscramble uh, this <laughs> globalization. It's, it's very hard. But one thing is for certain, the president does admire Mr. Navarro very much. And uh, Peter Navarro's view on China and, and trade uh, was known long before he came to Washington. Uh, Peter Navarro is a fighter. At one point when Gary Cohn used to work in the White House, uh, Gary Cohn and Steve Mnuchin, uh, considered a dove, considered uh, to be globalists, uh, these guys had the upper hand. Well, where is Gary Cohn right now? He's gone. Peter Navarro still standing. The man is a fighter. So after uh, some internal disagreement and fighting between Gary Cohn and Peter Navarro, um, Gary Cohn uh, quit. Well, the president finally got his trade war. Now the question to ask is, are the Chinese intimidated? In my opinion is, I think the Chinese are certainly, they are confused because in Washington, uh, they see that people in the government raise certain issues and later on they don't follow through. They contradict one another. Uh, the, the ideological warfare uh, 
uh, that's going on within the administration people, as well as there's a lack of experience uh, from from the guys that are in charge uh, of the economic team, beside Leo Cudlow, but none of them has, has ever negotiated any major deal before. So the Chinese, uh, it's hard for them to know who they're going to talk to. So... Uh, <clears throat> China and other economic uh, uh, superpower in the world, uh, uh, Japan, Australia, uh, Russia, uh, dealing with United States is becoming very confusing. Uh, but as they always say, well, if if things are not going back to the way things were, the rest of the world would like to have an idea as to where things are going. And right now, the disagreement within the White House, the rest of the world is just very confused. But uh, Mr. Navarro uh, countered that there is no confusion. For the goal of the White House, the goal of Washington are very clear. Washington is trying to reduce uh, Chinese imports. They want to strengthen American export. Uh, they pretty much want to scale China. They are not trying to have a divorce with with with, with China. Uh, that that's not the message. Uh, all they want to do, they want to defend United States from. Uh, they think the economic aggression uh, by China and and the rest of the world. Perhaps. Well, as the tariffs come into effect now. Uh, companies that rely on imported parts are, are talking about layoffs. Uh, consumer prices are starting to rise, and there is uh, mounting evidence that the trade war is definitely slowing down the economy. Meanwhile, the trade deficit is growing. Since we impose tariffs on China, the trade deficit is not shrinking, it is growing. Uh, Peter fully expect over time, as the United States get all its trade policies in place, the chaos that we're seeing right now will strongly uh, reverse. Um, uh, the, he still believes that China is engaging in the worst form of uh, untrade fair practices. Uh, uh, same goes with Europe. Uh, same goes with uh, South America and, and Japan. Um, Peter's feel. The uh, United States needs to stay engaged uh, with these countries. But uh, uh, right now, he feels that it's good that the United States is fighting back. The war, in his opinion, has only just begun. 20 years ago, Peter Navarro was a liberal economist who admired Hillary Clinton. Today, is the architect behind the trade war between the United States and China. Stay tuned. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody.